Vamos a hablar sobre nuestras misiones. Encantado. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Walk With Him. I'm Elder Blacker. Here we're welcoming all who are looking to improve their lives by improving their relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Mitchell Redmond, and here we're going to be discussing a variety of topics and doctrine relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And our mission is to help you make the best decisions from the example of Jesus Christ. Life is never perfect, but our Savior was and is. So hopefully you'll join us as we walk with him. Well, would you like to explain what you said in Spanish real quick? Or no? Was it nothing? What did I say? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Why would I know? (laughs) I said mission, misiones. Anyway... As I said in the beginning, which most of you understood because some of you listen in Mexico. I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of a more of a reflection thing more than anything. Just kind of go back and see what we learned, how we changed, and how we're better people. Because I feel like I'm a better person. I don't know about you. Feel yeah. all spiritually and stuff. It's all spiritual in your body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um so I could I just kind of I just kind of wanted to start from not the beginning cuz we already kind of talked about our conversion process but yeah I think we just kind of start as we got into the MTC cuz we both had very different MTC experiences I feel like we just had very different missions am- in general Yeah Mexico I I mean everybody's going to have their own unique mission experience because it's Two years where God's going to shape you into the tool he wants you to be. And that's going to look very different for everybody. Like, my mission looks way different than other people's who served in Leighton. Yeah. Even though we were in the same place. So, if you add on to the fact that we're experiencing different missions, and it's a different place, different culture, different language, yeah, they're going to be very different. (laughs) Yeah. Did um one thing I got asked all the time is so I'll ask you this question. What did you think when you first saw you were headed to Mexico? I think I was just like, yeah, it makes sense. That was basically it. Cuz I didn't have anywhere specific I wanted to go. All I want was out of country Spanish. And I got what I wanted. Hmm. So yeah. It was, it was so funny. I think I already told you this already, but I was reading it and my eyes just kind of like I glanced down to the end of my mission call. I just kind of like did a double take. I'm like, I'm going to keep reading and pretend I didn't read that. <laughs> Can you see that on the video? Uh, I don't know because I haven't watched the video. Probably. Oh, well, I watched the video because I didn't know where you were headed. Did That's you not see- true. I told you. Yeah. And then I was sent the video after that. Anyhow. Yeah. I don't think you could see it in the video. I think I just mentally, I don't know what I did. I just kind of looked at it and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> pretend I didn't see that. But. Yeah. What did you think? Well, people asked where I wanted to go, and I said, I don't care. And they said, okay, well, where do you not want to go? And I said, I suppose Utah. (laughs) And so I saw Leighton, Utah, and I was like, hmm, of course. And then I was like, you know, that's awesome. I'm so excited still. (laughs) So, yeah, it was like a very brief, like, huh, yeah, the stories are true. You just go where you don't want to go. (laughs) <laughs> and then it was just immediate transition from that to yeah. excitement. Like, Well, unless you're dead set on going somewhere specific, I don't think most people are disappointed with their mission calls. Like just a mission call in yes. general is just like something new and exciting. And it's like, but there, I don't know. Like <laughs> you hear the story of like one of my dad's friends, he had the mission call he did not want. He was like, I don't want to serve in the Houston East mission. And that's where he got called. Was it Houston East? Yes. Why didn't, what was wrong with Houston East? But he had like that mission in mind of where he didn't want to go. And that's where he went. Like, Hmm. Ben did not want to go to Utah. Oh yeah, I knew that. And then when I watched it and he's. I don't know if you heard um, his mom's perspective, but like when everybody was making guesses, right? She was like, I just want to put like a big X through Utah. Yeah, you told me about that. <laughs> and then also when he read it, 
She was kind of like, haha, very funny. Now where are you actually called to? And then I was like, oh. She's like, oh, interesting. But yeah, I got asked all the time, like, what did you think when you first opened your call and you saw you were going to Utah? Because there's a stigma that you don't do any actual missionary work in Utah. Like, like people in Utah asked you this? Yeah, all the time. That was the third most common question behind how long you been out, where are you from? Which after a while, I kind of... Which is fair because those are the first two things I want to know about other missionaries. It's just, anyway. Um, but yeah, I would get asked that all the time. Probably like once a day or once every other day. A lot. <laughs> but like my trainer... He had somebody tell him, like, man, you're a good missionary. It's too bad you weren't called on a real mission. And it's like, wow, buddy. Um, what? <laughs> Were you there with him? No, I was not. Um, this was, like, before he hit you. Yeah, and then he was probably like. <laughs> but that's kind of the way even people in, like, a lot of people in Utah view it. And... How I viewed it before I was called there, right? Yeah. Is that, oh, well, everybody knows who you are <laughs> and they don't want you or they're already a member. And that turned out to be true. And yet there was still somehow lots of missionary work to do. That was like actual missionary work. Like so. finding? Yeah, like finding, teaching, baptizing. Find, teach, baptize. Well, yeah, but like... When you would find people, what's the most common thing or what's the most common way that you would find people? Would it be through ads or Facebook or? We didn't have Facebook at all. Very ineffective in Utah. Not even worth trying. <laughs> we got zero referrals ever from Facebook. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So everybody here is like, man, the Facebook referrals are like the best ones. And it's like, huh. Yeah, okay. I have no idea. Most of the finding we would have is just talking to people on the street. Oh, okay. Like, I still, I look back and I'm like, how the heck did I have stuff to do all the time? <laughs> like, I feel like Utah's a hard mission, though. Because then you're talking to people who are already members or have made up their mind a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them made up their mind that I am going to... <laughs> prove you wrong. Prove you wrong. Or just... Anti-stuff. Yeah, but also just, like, degrade you. Oh, I see. So, it was kind of funny. We would um, we would rate how well they did, like, <laughs> with shouting stuff at us. We'd be like, okay, that was very not clear. It sounds like something you did with Elder Titus. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I did that with Elder Titus. Um, and then... He just with pulls Elder out a notebook Wetton. and he's like, hmm. Well... Quality <laughs> of shout... No, message but, <laughs> unclear but we would rate how creative it was and how clear it was because a lot of times they would like shout something and it's like we'd look at each other and be like yeah i have no idea what they said <laughs> see that happened to me in mexico but that's just because i didn't understand spanish <laughs> actually when they shout like which didn't happen to me a lot but when they would shout curse words those are the only things i would get because I learned all that from my grandma. <laughs> ah, great, great, great. You know, I would I would understand the curse words too. <laughs> Surprising. I actually learned a lot more in Mexico. A lot more what? Curse, curse words. words. Wait, does Mexico have all the English curse words and their own curse words? When you say have English curse words. Because take like the... <laughs> we have a listener there. But in the UK, the word bloody is not a swear word here. Yeah. And that happens throughout a lot of cultures. Yeah. Where there's a swear word in one language. Oh, or place, I see what you're saying. But it's not in another place. And I figured Mexico wouldn't have most or all of the same swear words and they would just have their own. Uh, Yeah, they did have their own. I mean... There were not a lot of English curse words that translated correctly, even. Like, some of them... Alexa, stop. 
<laughs> what was I even saying? Like some of them I wouldn't get because a lot of them there's a first of all, like swear words in Mexico or I guess Spanish in general, I don't know, are a lot more colorful. Colorful? Meaning like like more varied. So like there could be like three Spanish swear words that would translate into like one in English. So like three phrases or like four words would mean... Do people ever just say like all three of them back to back? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of funny. Well, how they would do it most of the time if they were really mad, it was just like a string of all these curse words, which people do in the States too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. They just have more options. Yeah, a lot more options. <laughs> like, I had never heard some of this stuff before. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I, w- I would get the literal translation sometimes. But I'm like, okay, that's probably not what it means. And so I wouldn't do this a lot because I was afraid of repeating thing- words that I didn't know. In fact, there's one word I think in some places mean a vegetable, but in other places is a swear word. <laughs> like a Spanish word. What? Like in Nicaragua. Did you find that out the hard way? No, I found that Uh, out for my aunt. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It was like a vegetable, but then she's like, yeah, it means swear words in other places. I'm like, ah, cool. And I got to use that word. Huh. Yeah. Even outside of Mexico, even outside of Mexico City, there's a lot of difference with with Spanish. Like Paraguay is probably going to be different than Mexico City. Oh, yeah. Even though, to be fair, Mexico City is a huge melting pot of a lot of different people from a lot of different places, like Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina. Um, there's one guy from Ecuador. There's just like a bunch of different people that were there, which I think is a lot. I think Same it's pretty cool. Same with Utah, actually. Really? Like when I had Spanish roommates, they were teaching people from Venezuela, Panama, Mexico, Cuba, Colombia. Oh yeah, I would get Peru. They had they would teach a lot of Peruvians. Yeah, from the um, the guys I know in Ogden, they're always teaching like these. I don't feel like they teach people from the same country often, like back to back. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of odd. I think it's cool, but then I just I don't think of Utah as a melting point. And granted, it's, it's not because it's majority one race right yeah but you move on from the dominant race and then all of a sudden it's like wow there's there's a lot of no what am i trying to say (laughs) like you have the dominant race and then just all the minority is just a bunch of different yeah there's no like second there's no like second biggest minority yeah no there's like the majority and then everybody else from literally everywhere yeah yeah, that's the same thing it was in Mexico City, at least. So I know people do language study in the Provo MTC, I think. Well, I mean, they yes. do. Did you ever have people in your district? No. So Everyone in, in my was district in... was English-speaking. Okay, that's what I figured. So basically, I was just there for 10 days. 10 days? 12 days, something like that. That's it? Yeah. Doesn't seem like a lot of time. No, it's not. Not at all. Um, which actually, to which be fair, a good. month is a long time <laughs> to stay in the MTC. I if was you're not learning ready. language. Yeah. Yeah, I was about ready to leave at but the end of that. I had a lot of free time. Really? In the MTC. Yeah. I didn't. didn't learn a language. Oh, well, that's fair. So, yeah, it was very much kind of like, okay, we did our stuff for the day. And then, uh, hey... We're just 10, 20-year-olds in a <laughs> dorm. Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> Which we didn't ever do anything too crazy. But yeah. oh, Elder Wetton, who spent nine weeks at the Provo MTC, he had some... That's a like, man, time. people do some interesting stuff. Nine weeks? Yeah. They turned, like, um... Jeez. They turned the shower into a sauna. Oh, my by gosh. like, anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. But then you... So then it the, got too hot and they couldn't like be in there. Oh. <laughs> they had to stop. Was the is the MTC connected to BYU? Not connected. Where's the MTC in relation to BYU? Very close. 
Um, I think it's even on campus, but like separated mm. because like if you walk, like just walking on the sidewalks and stuff, there would be BYU logos on the ground oh. and whatnot. And so there's just certain things like that where it's like, okay, I, I tend to think this is actually on campus, but I don't know that for certain. Mm. Interesting. Because I would see missionaries bike past BYU all the time when I would visit BYU. Like even not in campus, but like... You know, the Provo um, mission is actually the highest baptizing in the U.S. In the U.S.? Yeah. Provo? Yeah, which makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, now maybe. Ten years ago when I lived there, not really. I, I don't know, but yeah. Because... Dang. That's a lot nice. of younger people are looking for Something. stuff. Yeah. And something really cool about being in a Utah mission is that you see people just are led to Utah by God, and they don't know why. That's probably another cool thing when you talk to, like, these people from Venezuela and, like, Peru, like, all these people who had came to the U.S. Because I would hear a lot of crazy stories from, like, the people I know in Ogden who would talk about people they were teaching and just, like, how they sometimes gone on foot to get to the U.S. And it's like, dang. I don't really know because I was English. I... Don't know Spanish. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold on, let me do a translation. Okay, proceed. <laughs> I was going to put furious keyboard typing in the <laughs> middle of that silence. Um, so who? I don't know anyone in your district. How did your zones work in the MTC? Like, because you. I have, have to- no idea. I was there ten days. Okay. <laughs> because like. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think about it, and it's like the turnover is a lot quicker in Provo because you're not learning a language. So I'm a lot like, of people are. Well, okay, I'm talking about the people who aren't. Okay. Because even if you're not learning a language in Mexico, well, I don't know, because most of them were learning a language, so I didn't interact much with the people who were actually from Mexico that went to the Mexico MTC. Yeah. So I didn't actually know. Could be the exact same thing, and I'm just stupid. <laughs> but like, no, say preocupe, preocupo, preocupe, preocupe. So then you had a district leader and everything. Yeah. Did they? Father Rogers. Did they do much? Not really, because it was only for like ten days. <laughs> yeah. I, basically, to be honest, I don't really know <laughs> much about the point of zone leaders and district leaders in the MTC. Well, the zone leaders at least make sense. I got there, and it was like, cool, cool, go to class. Go to class again. Okay, now you can go play basketball. (laughs) All right, good night. Study. And then you did that for a few days, and then it's like, oh, we leave in three days. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't know how effective it was, but like every week we would get like a survey. I think I already told you this. It was like a survey of like, how's your companionship study? How's your personal study? How are you feeling? I got one of those. As zone leaders, we had to get that from every single district and put it all into like a spreadsheet or Excel thing or whatever. And that's all we did. Just like shoved all the numbers in there. Occasionally talked to the district leaders if some companionships were not having the best time. But like, it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it was more than a district leader, which my comp also was that. And then, like, it was so funny. We got there. He got called the district leader. Three days later, we were called the zone leaders. And we're like, ah, cool. What does that mean? <laughs> you are like, surveys. Ah, fun. And then I got to my mission. I'm like, oh, zone leaders do a whole crap ton more. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. To me, leadership looked like it was just president breathing down your neck. And it's like, Which yeah, it- I'm okay. <laughs> I prefer my neck to be uh, breath-free. Spotless. So, yeah. That, uh, that, 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 that's why I didn't want to be in leadership. Because, like, I just remember being on a meeting, and there was something that, like, I don't really remember what it was, but it was something that the APs had, like, no control of, right? Like, it was not oh, their yeah. fault at all. And, it like, for the whatever reason, like, was holding this. up a little bit. And he was, like, he just, like, said one of the APs' names. Like, Elder Wilson, handle it. And it's like, oh. uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll pass. Thank you. Yeah. 
it was so funny because I had exchanges with the zone leaders three times. Two of the times, everything fell through the entire day. <laughs> ah. Or it's just like, ah, cool. But then I would just look at their schedules and just see how many meetings they have. And I was like, how do you guys get anything done? And I find out quite often they don't sometimes. Yeah. And then you look at the AP schedule and it's like, oh, freak. So when Elder Titus was a missionary, um, or I mean a zone leader, I guess he was a missionary as well. But when he was a zone leader, he was told by president like, hey, you can't go in your area until every companionship finds. <laughs> And so he spent a week exclusively in other people's areas to help Wait, them find. So he would do exchanges with other people in the areas to go help them find? Is that what yeah, we would blitz. Did you guys do blitzing? Define blitzing. Uh, two companionships in the same area. For uh, so basically, like it would be a regular attack? exchange, except for both companionships were in the same area. Oh, yeah, we did that sometimes. But more often than not, we would just do like district attacks is what we called them. Which is what? The whole district doing that. Oh! But our districts were very small, so... I mean, so were ours. We had, like, four companionships. Well, yeah, but some people weren't able to do that, and so it would just be more like two companionships. I don't think it would be a very good idea for an entire district to be in Well, it didn't work every single time. In Utah. As that's, like, just eight missionaries walking around the same neighborhood. Oh, yeah, no, in Utah that wouldn't work. <laughs> But when you have like huge areas, like I wish, yeah, I still, that actually sounds like it would be effective. If you had I like, I a, still had my area book. If you had pictures. like apartment complexes, just like a lot of them, that sounds actually like a very good idea to have. Yeah, your whole district be like, all right, we're gonna go, like, see, find in this, yeah, apartment complex, or try like pueblos, like houses in the middle of grass fields, where it's just like two, <laughs> like not even there's a lot of houses. There's a lot of ground to cover because these houses are in the middle of nowhere. Like some areas were so huge that they were like a fifth of the entire mission in area. Because it was like a language, right? We had some areas that were bigger than our mission. Ah, what? Well, because... How does that work though? Well, because it's like a... So our mission boundaries are what they are, right? It's basically in between Ogden and Salt Lake. Okay. So, for example, the Tongan Ward. The Tongan Ward boundaries included Ogden, a couple of cities north of Ogden, (laughs) and Salt Lake. So, they could go in their ward boundaries, even though that was bigger than the mission boundaries. (laughs) How many Tongan missionaries were there? Just two. It's not like they were called Tongan. Most of the island missions actually can speak pretty good English. Um, yeah. So people like it would just happen in a transfer where it's like, oh, you're Tongan now. Okay. <laughs> Have fun. These are your boundaries. And, like, they would learn, Two missions. They would learn a little bit of Tongan. And typically, if you got called Tongan, not called Tongan, but if you got put in the Tongan board, right, you would be there for like six, seven months. Oh, dang. So, yeah. Interesting. Hey guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you like what you hear and you want to get weekly updates with exclusive content and an inside look on missionary work, join our email list on our website. You can go to lumietmedia.com. That's L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. Just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can put in your name, put in your email. It's free. We don't need anything else from you. We're going to be giving you concise and actionable advice, takeaways from our episodes and lessons and experiences directly from the mission field. And so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. And we hope to help you a little bit more every week. Bye. But yeah, I feel like for a big area, that would work really well, especially if it's like a highly dense. Oh, we did it one time. It was like three companionships. This is when I lived in a quad. So it was just all the people that everyone that we lived together with and then just the companionship that was their area. And like that worked really well because we covered a lot of ground. We just like hit every single dot that we could possibly reach and it was like 
it worked a lot and it helped their area out a lot because their area was really dead. That's that's good. So yeah, we actually helped them. Hey, did you guys do overnight exchanges? Yes. Okay. So that was hour. only implemented after I'd been out for like. Really? Well, it says in the handbook. But it was Utah. Oh, fair enough. So it's like, yeah, we'll just come grab you at six thirty in the morning. We'll drive over for ten minutes and. Oh yeah, you have cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leadership had cars. So. Only leadership. No, but like if you were a zone leader and most district leaders, seven out of eight times, if you were a district leader, you would have a car as well. And then also like the Tongan missionaries obviously would have a car. Right. <laughs> they must and have like, a lot of miles. Just some other, some other like bigger areas. Mm. Like that's, we had a car when we covered two stakes because one of the stakes was a mountain. And so it was actually like rather large. Because it was just was it, like all the houses on was it up that the mountain side of the mountain we were going, like where you were pointing out to me where you were riding your bike and you yeah. read down that. Oh, mm-hmm. it was there? Yeah. <laughs> then how many times you you guys? I, rid I biked up that? it once from our apartment to a lesson, and it took an hour. And then it was like, yeah, Poor I'm not it. doing that again. Just kidding. I mean, I I didn't do it again, but. And you're like, this is stupid. I'll crash my bike so I don't have to do that again. Right. <laughs> we, I remember one exchange I had. We walked for an hour, but like I had packed a bunch of my stuff in, where's my bag? In this bag right here. I have this. That's very helpful for everybody listening. A black bag that's pretty big. <laughs> you can picture the size perfectly. All right, well, so- like I would shove everything in there. And it would all fit because it was overnight, so I didn't need a whole lot of stuff. It was more than I usually would carry in that. Like, first of all, I wouldn't carry that normally. I would carry my other one that's about the size of my quad scriptures. And I know it's the size of my quad scriptures because nothing else fits in it when my scriptures are inside. But, like, that's what I would usually carry. And then that thing would be, like, zone conferences where I would need my Preach My Gospel, which is huge. And I still want a tiny Preach My Gospel. I never got one. Me neither. Why don't I go to Utah? Maybe I'll buy one. Like the new one. Oh, yeah. Because I need a new one. Because they updated it. But. Man, did your mission like grow a lot while you were there? What do you mean? Like in size? No. Or in work? In work. Yes. And like momentum. And. It really did. Same. Like looking at where the mission was when I first got there. And when I left. It's actually rather remarkable of like, dang, okay. Because there are at least three areas that I was in had split. So like the first area I went in when I started training, it split when I got there because it used to be two areas. No, it was one big area, but then they split it down this arbitrary line that made no sense and turned out to have one area have no work and the other one have only slightly more work. From that, I took that it wasn't a very good area to begin with, but... Yeah, that's kind of a weird one to split. Yeah, which is like, now I'm thinking, why did they split that? Anyway, but that happened three times since I was there. Areas that had split. In fact, there was one area that split three times. So it was really big. It was like almost a fifth of the mission. It was huge. It split once, and then it split again. I'm just like... But then I got there, and then I saw how much work there was. I'm like, okay, yeah, this was necessary. I don't know how anyone did it. I don't know how just one companionship did that. There was just a lot of work in a lot of very specific places that I got to go. It's really interesting. I imagine you didn't see a lot of splitting, or did you? Rearranging. Like... Moving like, for boundaries. example, the Kays Creek Stake used to be its own area. Then it was put with Leighton East. Or I guess the Leighton East Stake is what I'm talking about. So the Leighton East Stake was its own area. Then it was put with Kays Creek. Then it was put with the Leighton Creek side. Mm. Then it was put with Leighton North. Then it was paired with Leighton <laughs> West. And so they, or I don't know. But basically, in like the span of like eight months, it had been with like on its own and then with three or four different other stakes. 
<laughs> and so, I don't know. Dang. The last one I was in was really weird because it was one ward, but then when I got there... That is weird. Yes, I know that's weird <laughs> compared to Utah, first of all. But anyway, it was one ward, which is one companionship. Then I got there, and it was one ward with two companionships. So the boundaries, like the whole area, was just, there was a line drawn in the middle of it. And then it was just two companionships. So suddenly, for like member lunches, there were four missionaries instead of just two. So figuring out the member meals, first of all, was a nightmare. Because <laughs> everyone didn't understand for a very long time that this other companionship was in the ward. And they didn't have anywhere else to go. And so everyone was like, wait, how do we do this? I don't know. Only like that was towards the end of concern. that. <laughs> the ward expected us to be in approximately zero stuff. Because <laughs> if we weren't there, it was just assumed, hmm, yeah, they must be at another ward stuff. Because <laughs> we had seven so- or 10 or 14 or 15. That's how many I had. That sounds... Kind of awful, not going to lie. Sunday was pretty awful. I hated Sunday. (laughs) Because it would be, you wake up, you study, you have breakfast before you study. But then, you go to the first sacrament meeting, you bike over to the second sacrament meeting, you bike over to the third sacrament meeting, then you bike to the first, um, like, ward missionary. We call them huddles, right? So... Basically, you meet with the ward mission leader, the elders, quorum president, relief society president, and then like youth representatives. So and you're like, hey, mission how? correlation? Yeah, correlation meetings. Thank you. A lot okay. of people called them huddles. I don't know. But we did call them correlation meetings. That's actually the word huddle, I don't think exists in Mexico. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, so then it would, the rest until five o'clock would just be us like going to as many like correlation meetings as we could. And then five o'clock was prime time mm. or four o'clock was fine prime time. So then we would be, we weren't allowed to like have dinner. <laughs> so basically we'd have breakfast and then dinner at nine until they moved it to four. Then we were able to have it at four. That was our, it was so weird. Cause like, so when you have dinner at nine, does that mean you go eat with members? We weren't allowed to. Oh yeah, that's right. Except on the weekends. Wait, so what'd you do for lunch then? On Sunday? No, other days. Oh, whenever. So like you would just go eat somewhere? We would eat at our house. Oh. But like the there was no set time. So when we would have lunch, which is very on the day when we planned, right? Where it's like, okay, well, today, for whatever reason, it makes sense for us to eat at one. So we're going to eat from one to two. Oh. And then another day, maybe it's like, ah, okay, it makes sense to eat at 1130. So our lunch hour was 1130 to 1230. I see. Because, like, I mean, we would eat whenever the members were ready, obviously. Yeah. But we wouldn't have dinner until we were done working. Like, technically, in the handbook, it gave us two hours for lunch and dinner. But nobody right. in our mission took that time for dinner until they finished their day. Like, we would eat at nine every single day. I liked it when we had dinner at nine. I liked it better than having it at four. It was nice to be able, like, because we would go out, um, have lunch, typically around noon. And then we would be out just for like seven, eight hours. Yeah. And then, that like, we, like there was no need to come back to the house. Yeah. Well, because I feel like that makes sense for our mission too, because like they would feed us a lot because <laughs> it's Mexico. Any just Latino country is going to be like that. So we weren't hungry until much later, obviously. But I think what I kind of. This is probably why I ate poorly, and this is probably why a lot of missionaries eat poorly, but it's like I didn't know how to make good, fast meals. So sometimes I wouldn't even eat anything or just like grab my plain bag of oats and just pour it in there with milk, (laughs) which is what I did before I left. So it's like, I know how to do this. (laughs) Having Elder Stewart was awesome (laughs) because he would cook. And so it was like, oh, that's what I want. And then. After he left, it was like, okay, I can now do my, like, I figured out how to do, because the reality is I'm not a very big fan of cooking. I don't want to spend more than 10 minutes, like, prepping. If it's in the oven, (laughs) cook time, I don't care. 
Cook time can be 30 minutes. We don't have ovens. Well, that's our problem. I'm just saying like, but I don't want prep time to be more than like 10 minutes. Yeah. And so I was able to kind of find, oh, okay, well, I can do this and this and then I have something that I enjoy. And it's like not, you know, there's a more ramen, you know. Yeah, I was not very good. Or oats with milk. Oats with milk. I was not very good at doing that. And there were not a lot of companions that I had who cared about eating anything that's more complicated than ramen or... Yeah. Just like essentially what you told me. But now I've cooked way more than I ever have ever being here. We have like four cookbooks and I'm just like, I want to take all of them, (laughs) which I won't. I'll probably just take one. But like, I feel like I can go back knowing how to cook a lot better because now, well, I shouldn't have anyway, but like I am going to try to avoid street food because it's hard for when, I mean, members cook for you and maybe they don't use the filtered water or whatever. They cook however best that they can, right? which is fine. You can't avoid it with member meals and I get that. But like it was really hard when they would give us money because there weren't a lot of like, like, depending on the area, there weren't a lot of like restaurants in the traditional sense of like a sit down place, which there were sit down places. Stores, right? Yeah, but we didn't have time. Not very close, first of all. And then we didn't have time to go buy something, bring it to our house, eat it, and then leave. Like it was just kind of difficult when they give us money because then we wouldn't have very many options other than the taco shack in the corner that's a five minute walk from our house, <laughs> which by the way was a really good place. And we ate there a lot. But it didn't do me any favors, obviously. But to go full circle, I did not like Sundays because it was like a minimum of eight meetings. <clears throat> that sounds like being his own leader. Now that I think about it, it's actually it was just legitimately meetings from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. <laughs> that sounds awful. That's seven hours. There was this really nice lady in the Clinton West area. She would like give us sack lunches. Oh, that's nice. Like she would put it in the church fridge because we didn't really have time to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so that was nice where it's like, ah, all right, church is over. Let's go eat us the sandwich real quick and and before the next meeting starts. <laughs> that's nice. Also, what ended up being really nice in Clinton West is we met with the stake mission leader, right? Like... I can't think of what the position is actually called. Basically, the head of missionary work in the stake, right? Along there's with all a the ward person. Mission. Yeah. Well, if there's a ward mission leader, I guess it would make sense. Yeah. Then well, what are they called? So we would meet with all the ward mission leaders, right? We got together and we were like, hey, um, we're going to put this schedule together so that we can attend your guys' correlation meetings every other week. <laughs> Right. And it's like, hey, we're going to give you guys 15 minutes. Right. And what was really nice about that is we were able to, one, start meeting with every ward every week. Unless there were still a couple of wards that just like didn't do correlation meetings. And that was like, brr. but anyway. Um, so, wards not doing basically mission correlation. We would, <sighs> that never happened to we me. We gave each of them 15 minutes. So we did three of them in one hour at the oh, same time. Oh, you do like back to back? Yeah. Wait, but like mission correlation is like with most of the leadership in that ward. Yeah. So would the whole leadership go to one building and like... Yeah, or they would do it on Zoom. It was kind of split on what the ward preferred. But um, Well, yeah, you would have to do that. Otherwise, it would be insanity to try and go to most of them. Right. Hmm. Again, I've... I mean, I didn't have this problem, so I'm just like, wait, how would you even do this in the first place? It was kind of like, all right, we're going to try our very best to just <laughs> go to all of these, the ones we need. We're going to have to be at the church buildings that we need to be at. And it's like, okay, well, we have two friends that go to the same hour of church in different wards. Um, we need to make sure Luke's there, so we'll go to that one. <laughs> and then uh, we'll just assume, because he's been going the last few weeks, that Aaron is going to church again today that sounds so difficult because then you have to you have different people going to different churches yep at different times or sometimes the same time oh my gosh it was better when it was different times 
Yeah, because if it's the same time, then you're like, well, crap, we can't be there. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I mean, it really should be, at least this is what my mission president told me, and I agree with it, should really be, if you're going to sit with them, it should really be a member kind of like fellowshipping them. Right. Instead of you just like sitting next to them every single time they come to church. Because then you don't. It was I don't know if it was the mission president who put it this way, but it's like you're it's like you're protecting them, like you're his bodyguard and he just like doesn't talk to any of the members because you're just sitting on either side of him. Well, I mean we never did it like that, but like oftentimes, especially if it's a kid, right? Oh yeah. We're the only people they know. Yeah. And like I don't know. Sometimes they would have a friend quite frequently actually, but like oftentimes they would be in a different ward, and so. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, how do you Sunday in Utah? Sounds so complicated. Oh, but it was so nice once we got that correlation thing set up, because then we were able to go to our three hours of church, right? Yeah. So the nine o'clock bike to the ten thirty one bike to the noon, right? We could then have lunch. We had like. By the time we would bike there, we'd have like 30 minutes before we'd have to bike out again, right? Yeah. But we actually had some time for lunch. <laughs> um, and then we would go to one building and have, well, week A, we would go to the first building and have three correlation meetings there. One at like, what would that make it? 2 to 2.15, 2.20 to 2.35, and then 2.40 to 2.55. Got it. <laughs> Something like that. Then we gave ourselves 20 minutes in between or, yeah, something like that. (laughs) So that we could bike to the next one, right? Yeah. And then we would have two more mission correlation meetings at the new building. On the second week, we would go to the, we would go to a building and have two correlation meetings and then bike and have three correlation meetings. And then it would be four. And it's like, all right, prime time. So that means we have to Yeah, be out. that sounds a lot more efficient than oh, you yeah. guys just scrambling to get to your different buildings at your different yes. times with the different people you have to go talk to. And anytime it got brought up that it's like, hey, Clinton West is actually really cool um, because we now do this. And everybody's like, ah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Wait, so how long did it take you guys to set that up? Um, So it was basically... Like, basically, the idea was pitched before I got there, right? And then, um, like, there wasn't much that happened on it over the next six weeks. And then, basically, they were like, hey, can you send me, like, what would work for you guys? So then they just left it up to us to be like, hey, this is what works for us. And it was nice because we were also able to be like, hey, like, there's, because when the ward and the missionaries are working together, a lot more missionary work gets done than if it's just the ward or just the missionaries. And so we got to be like, hey, if you're not doing it this time, we're not going to be there because we literally don't have any time. And some of them still did it like after, like right after church, which fair enough. But that's when that's the most convenient for the ward. Yeah. But it was like, hey, we <laughs> we have another like we meeting. can't make that work. Like, yeah. sorry, we're not going to be there. Yeah. And there were just wards that we would never go to, and there was some wards that we loved, and like, yeah. Kind of like kind of interesting to have favorites. Yeah. My mission is more like you get what you get and you work with it. Which my first mission or my first area, I've told you this before, our ward mission leader wasn't active, didn't go to church, and was only a ward mission leader because he was still on the leadership as ward mission leader. Which, to be fair, he was enthusiastic and he liked talking to people but he never went to church ever and so like he would have friends where he's like okay these people seem interested 
So I'll let you know, and then we'll go talk to these people. That happened once. And the ward didn't do anything. Did you ever go to, like, ward activities? I hated doing that. Really? Because it felt like such a waste of time to me. Because, like... I guess that's fair. Like, the only ward activities we went to were, like, the Christmas party, where there's an emphasis put on, hey, invite people to this, right? See, that didn't happen, though. The first ward didn't... It was actually really nice, not gonna lie, because then there was, like, we went to... There's 10 wards all having their own ward Christmas party, right? Oh, my gosh. Wait, I forgot about that. (laughs) We ended up going to, like, six of these. And so it was so nice just to have a ham dinner, like, (laughs) every day of the week. It was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's like certain holidays, because a lot of holidays in Mexico are about food and specific. Same here. Well, but there's There's really no other point to Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Fair enough. But, like, there's more in Mexico. More holidays? It's more like tradition days. Like, you get the holidays here in the U.S., and then you add more. <laughs> it's just Does like... Mexico celebrate Thanksgiving? Uh, I think so. That's kind of odd. Or I think... I don't even think they celebrate it for what it is. I think they just eat food. Like, I remember like, Thanksgiving. today we're going to eat food, like, every other day, but it's time. It's special. Yeah, basically. What? <laughs> How do they make it special? I don't remember. Okay, fair enough. I was still learning Spanish at that time. I had no idea why we were celebrating Thanksgiving in Mexico. I was so confused. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what was my point? Oh, yeah. Our first area... Gosh, it would really only be the bishop and his wife that helped us at all with missionary work. And then there were like one. No, it was just them. The war didn't do anything for missionary work, which I thought like, I mean, that's my first experience. I was training. So I'm like, all right, cool. Guess this is my ward. It was going to the first sacrament meeting. It was kind of disheartening because there were all there were not very many people that showed up to church. I'm just looking around. It's like, okay, is this normal? <laughs> like, <laughs> after going to these wards in Mexico and then coming to the singles ward in Dallas, which the singles ward, at least when I showed up, did not have that many many people. Oh, yeah. Are there more people now? Uh, yeah. Weirdly. I don't know. Maybe it's just a holiday thing. But like that was normal for most wards in Mexico. Or that there'd be not very many people. And then five minutes after church starts, then everyone shows up. Like seminary. Yes. (laughs) But and then what was my second area? Oh, my second area, we actually had a mission correlation, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, members help us. This is amazing because I was... After I got on my training, I got paired with another guy who just got out of his training. I don't know what the phrase you call it for that is. Like when two greenies become comps. Greenie busting. Yeah, that thing. So you greenie busted each other. Yes. And then, like, we got a call from the second counselor in the ward. And he's just like, hi, elders. This is so-and-so. So I'm the first counselor. This is when we have mission correlation. This is when we have some other meeting that I don't remember why it was important. <laughs> Were you guys whitewashing? Or yes. was he already there? No. Okay. We were whitewashing, which means that both of us got there at the same time and completely re- replaced all the other missionaries there. Nobody knew anybody there? Nope. We just got out of training in a new area, figuring it out by ourselves but the ward was infinitely more helpful and it was such a fun ward and that was like probably one of my favorite wards ever there Hmm. like if i were to go back to mexico i would visit most people from there yeah because there were a lot of fun people there and so we had a lot of that was a very interesting ward because we got there 
we had a lot of great work at the beginning, but then towards the end, it kind of fizzled out. But I don't know. It was the most interesting part of my mission. Huh. See, we would um like our relationships with the wards. It was basically, hey, I know who the bishop and the ward mission leader are. <laughs> and then I just talked to a bunch of people on the street. And most of the time, it's like, hey, do you know anybody we should stop by? Nah. But then occasionally you'd be like, actually, yeah, they would be perfect. It's like, oh, well, thank you. So, like, the members were very helpful, but not like a... Like, we had to go find the members that were going to be helpful. Oh, yeah, we had to do that. Okay. We had to find members, period, <laughs> to go talk to. Well, for us, it was more like sifting through sand. Yeah, that's true, It was true, like, have, does this street have any good ones? Thank you for listening to us. This is Walk With Him, a podcast about Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus Christ, we have a website, which is Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T, media.com. On there, you'll find stuff about us, stuff about our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll find our socials where you can follow us and support the podcast. You can also sign up for our email list where we give you just some advice, takeaways from our episodes and experiences that we've had from the mission field. You can join that email list on our website, follow our socials, and if you could rate us, that would really help other people discover the podcast and just start their own journey towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios. Adios.